rather than looking at it from, I'm a 43-year-old woman who should have her own life, her own house, be in a relationship, should not have to live at home, look after her parents, do all these things, compared to all the other different situations it could be, looking at it from that point of view, I've got it easy. Welcome to Precarious Parenting, the podcast series for people feeling overwhelmed by family life in general. Do you often wonder whether you're doing it right? Or do you wonder whether it's okay to be just a good enough parent? My name is Marie Arimar, founder of Realisation Works, guiding young people and parents back to clearer thinking. And this podcast series provides the opportunity to hear real people sharing real stories about how they manage to see beyond their overwhelm. So today I'm speaking to Claire Holland. Now, I've known Claire for a while, but we've never actually met. We only know each other on this amazing thing called Zoom. So welcome, Claire. Hello. So the reason why I've invited Claire to do an episode with me, because Claire is in the situation where she's parenting her parents. And so, Claire, could you describe your setup at home. What's what's what what are the circumstances of your home life at the moment? Okay, so I live with my mum and dad, um, and it's just the three of us. At the moment, obviously, in the current situation, I'm working from home as well, so we're pretty much all to, all together all the time. Um, my mum has ill health. Um, she's been poorly for, well, most of her life on and off really. Um, but increasingly so in the last, I would say probably 10 years. So she's uh, wheelchair bound and, um, she has a difficulties with breathing and general mobility really. So she's, she's pretty sort of physically, she's quite dependent on people around her. Mentally, she's sharp as a button. And my dad, um, bless him, he's physically fine, apart from sort of suffering a little bit from age. Uh, My mum's 73, my dad's 84. So he's sort of succumbed to um, some memory problems, bless him. (laughs) We've noticed that quite a lot lately. Um, Yeah, so that's the situation with my parents. Um, And I work full time for an insurance company. Um, always have done but obviously at the moment it's that's transferred to home Um, we have uh, carers coming in to look after my mum twice a day so we're incredibly lucky there and uh, she gets on really well with them which is a huge bonus Um, yeah so that's the basic bones of it yeah (laughs) thank you and so have you got anybody else, any siblings or anybody else who offer support? Yeah, um, my brother lives fairly nearby. Um, his support is mainly um, um, via text. So him and mama are really close. Um, they're chatting all the time about various things, just the usual family stuff. Um, he's always asking how dad is, how she is, how am I? You know, the usual kind of family support. Um He's only recently just got a car again, so he's popped over to see us twice from a distance, obviously because of lockdown, and because obviously mum is shielding, um, 
we're not going out that much at all um so he's more sort of emotional support moral support for her um he used to be a nurse as well so he's um probably got a lot more uh, sort of medical knowledge and experience than i have in term with my dad with with his memory loss and very early dementia that kind of thing so he's really a, a good ear for her to to talk to um yeah so that's really that really helps her i think she feels very connected and she's got a lot of a lot of people around her yes and um, and what do you feel um is the level of support that you provide i mean how how much does it restrict your own life because so you live in the same house are you able to come and go exactly as you please go away for weekends go off on girls trips whatever yeah actually i am which is great um i was i was thinking about it actually the other day knowing that i was going to be having this chat with you and um it was quite interesting because i've only ever lived away from home for 3 years bearing in mind i'm i'm 43 in october <laughs> so you know but it's fine it, it's um obviously i'm biased with myself but i'd like to say i've been a, a supportive um nest hogger as opposed to a burden <laughs> i would say that but um the three years that i lived away at uni um because of the nature of the course and the financial situation i lived i think 30 minutes away from central london and we hardly went out because uh, we were just too busy and we didn't have the money but since i've come back home which was 2009 and mum's health began to decline considerably from that point on i've actually gone out more because she's got the carers during the week she's got them at weekends and i feel safe that i can leave her with somebody else to get her up in the morning put her to bed at night um and know that she's got a number to ring or she's okay so from that point of view um it doesn't actually affect me as much as you might think um more at the moment though the last sort of couple of i would say probably the last 6 months or so it's become more restrictive before lockdown um simply because my dad's deteriorated so effectively she's his carer there was a point like a stasis point where she was his mind not not in a nasty way but in guiding him to do things and reminding him you know the usual and he was her arms and legs that's completely gone now because he just can't process what he needs to do um like say for example if he changes the cylinder an oxygen cylinder on the back of her chair she'll she'll say to him can you just put it in for tomorrow but don't turn it on he'll hear the on and switch it on and sometimes we've wasted a whole oxygen cylinder in the evening because he switched it on <laughs> and she's like no <laughs> so like it's harder for me to leave her now because if she needs help in the night bless him he does his best but there's more anxiety for me now thinking oh crikey she's not going to tell me what's happened till i get home because she doesn't want me to worry but what on earth has may have happened while i've not been around and of course she can't call on her carers at night because at the moment she's not at that level of needing them so it's kind of yeah it, it's um 
I would say it's becoming more, I'm doing more. Um, and since I've been working from home, mum's actually said to me quite a few times, I don't know what I'd do without you if, if you went back to the office. Because she realised how much she was struggling during the day. But of course, now I'm at home, I get her up before the carers come. I look after dad, get, get all the breakfast stuff out, just kind of follow dad round to make sure he's doing things okay without her getting all worn out worrying about it herself. I make the lunch at lunch times, which she was starting to struggle with. She's eating better because, you know, the usual story, it tastes better when somebody else cooks it. And she's not worn out by the effort of making things. Um, and just basically being her support for dad as a, as well as her support for her so that's that's kind of highlighted the level of care that she needs that she didn't realize before lockdown right and and so you've you've listed a few things things that need to be done so getting your mum up before the carers come getting breakfast thinking about lunch fitting in your own full-time work at the same time what what other what other practical things do you find that you do um, for your dad as well? So what what might your day look like? And are there any you know examples where it's gone wrong or you know you've just because I know there are some funny stories with <laughs> with your scenario. Yeah. So um, in terms of the things I do for for dad, it, it's I mean don't get me wrong he can func- he can function perfectly fine by himself. But it's things like, um, so in the morning I wake him up. He he stays in bed until 15 minutes before the carers come. So bless him at his age, he has a bit of a lie-in. <laughs> so I get him up, get him his cup of tea, and he just kind of sits there till the carers have been, and then he goes and has a shower. Um, I'll make his lunch at lunchtime. Um, he's pretty low maintenance in terms of he'll just kind of sit in the chair, read the paper, watch the TV, and just be there for mum. Um, but it's more, he's not very good at doing anything for himself. So I'll get him drinks. I'll get him, I'll, I'll get his meals for him. Um, I change his clothes because he wouldn't, it wouldn't occur to him to get new clean clothes out. I don't know whether that's a man thing or what, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and, and just generally kind of, it's almost like, and this is not um, a derogatory thing, but it's almost like, looking after a young child except a child will learn they will learn to you know and he can, he can dress himself don't get me wrong but it's like processing he'll look at something and he's got no idea what he's looking at or the instructions you're giving him it's it's just like I've got no idea put it in my hand and tell me where to go because without that I'm just gonna drift about and not have a clue so it's kind of that kind of level of support except instead of learning tasks he's forgetting tasks so it's kind of going backwards it's it's becoming more he needs more guidance and more support not oh I'll get the hang of that now and then I'll do the next thing if that makes sense so yeah kind of scenario yes within minutes you, you you'll explain something to him and and by the time you finished your sentence he's totally it's it's not even registered <laughs> so I just that's the norm now if he remembers anything it's a bonus 
Have there, have there been any times where you felt you you can't cope with with the with the tasks that you have in caring for your parents? I would probably say not for mum, not for mum's mum's support because. I mean, it's become so normal now. I don't really think about it. It's funny when you th- when you stop to think about it. I think probably my dad. I do struggle with him. He's he's really my he's my catalyst for seeing things differently because I I can see how frustrated I'm becoming because he's not doing what I think he should do. So the latest thing is, um, I mean, it's ridiculous. It says more about me than about him. But like he'll he'll pick up a the tea canister if he makes himself a drink. He'll he'll pick it up from where it was, and then he'll just put it down randomly anywhere. <laughs> And I'm like, how difficult is it to put it back where you found it? It's like, really? Really? You knew where it was because you picked it up from there. And and yet it's over there where no one can reach it. So it's things like that. But um, And it does annoy me. Like yesterday, I really slammed it back where it belonged. And he was like, what's wrong? What's happened? Who fell off the chair or whatever? And I just kind of said, I'm just putting the, the tea canister back where it belongs. <laughs> And I can see myself doing it, and it's 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 it feels really annoying. But it's also part of me finds it hysterical as well. So, but again, you know, that's no different really to your partner having an annoying habit. And and I can see it. I can see myself being annoyed by it. And I'm starting to recognise now that it's more to do with me resisting the way he is. Instead of just going, well, of course, if he does it differently, that's a bonus, maybe. But but accept, accept him. The, you know that that's what he's going to do because it doesn't occur to him to do anything different. And really, why should it? Because I'm the one that gets irritated, not him. He's clueless. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that challenges me the most. But it's not, phys- it's not a, the physical care or the not wanting to be in this position. It's just general irritation, which probably says more about me than him. I think I get it. it. You know, that general irritation moment to moment. And of course, there are some moments you wouldn't find it irritating. You'd probably laugh. Yeah. The moments you just want to, you know, throw the caddy out the window. <laughs> it's so lovely to hear you laugh about that because, you know, we do really get caught up in our own noisy heads, don't we? And we can find that incredibly exhausting. So tell me about the the dynamic of your relationship. So you've already said that while you've been working from home, your mum has had a sense of you being more available and, and needing you more. And, and actually, you both possibly recognising there was a lack of support with the carers coming in two times a day, although they were coping. And then your dad is a very different kind of support, you know, required from you. But how, how's the dynamic of your relationship and with your brother? How, how's, how, how has the relationships shifted, do you see, over, over this period? Um, I, I, we're just incredibly lucky. We, we, we've just become even closer than we were before and I mean my my brother we had some issues with my brother a few years ago he suffered from ill health um but all the way through 
mum was in contact with him constantly and it's actually brought them closer together because he now contacts her several times a week which was unheard of before and not because he didn't bother but just because he was caught up in his own life and he knew mum and dad were there and they were looked after and that was enough and um I mean my mum and I we it's we're more like best friends anyway so I am incredibly lucky and that's always been the case but I mean she's um I do a lot for her that some mothers wouldn't want their daughters to do or some daughters may not want to do for their mothers um obviously there's a lot of personal care involved and and um yeah we're, we're quite lucky and I will always say to her I don't care what I have to do as long as you're comfortable and you're safe and you feel good you know I would want somebody to do that for me you're a human being it, it, the rest of it's irrelevant um and again for my dad as well he bless him it, it's um in one respect it's kind of um it's a blessing that he keeps forgetting things because within two minutes of me getting cross at him he's got no idea <laughs> and he's it's been a really good lesson actually in letting go because I've got I've started to get over it quicker because I think oh well I shouted at him he's forgotten it already therefore I don't need to feel guilty and I didn't do it out of malice it just happened because my button was pressed let's move on it's such he's such a valuable teacher from that point of view he's got no idea love him but um uh, yeah and he's always saying oh, I'm so lucky I've got two lovely ladies that lo love me and look after me so we're really close yeah, obviously me and my mum that is <laughs> so yeah we're all really close and we're all just incredibly it sounds very corny but we're really grateful that we have each other and we don't take each other for granted and yeah we're just there for each other and do whatever needs to be done it's such a lovely story and I love the way you talk and and, and, and love is you know I keep having this word and I come at a wedding people have love in big light bulb letters yeah I keep having that, that image flashed up as you talk because I worked um in a care home when I was 18 for a year I did night shifts and um you know caring for elder people and, and doing all those jobs involving all those bodily functions. And, and I actually felt really connected to those people. You know, when you do that with love and care, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It's, it's, you know, people change their, their children's nappies. They don't even think about it. And uh, yeah, I really get that from what you've said. So you are single. I am. See, I hesitated slightly in where I was going with this. <laughs> how, do you, how do you see, because what, I'm, what I think I might be hearing is, is through the love of your family, you're really giving everything to your family. Where, did, where does Claire's life fit in there? And I know that you've said that your life is, is so interrelated with your parents, especially your mum. You know, you've been best friends for a long time. But where does Claire's life as a woman fit in there do you think well again this is interesting because I was actually thinking about this question knowing that that we were having this chat and it I don't feel like I don't feel like there's any kind of I mean there's not a lot of privacy um because we're we're in a quite a smallish bungalow 
and um, you can literally hear somebody sneeze in the other room. <laughs> so there's not a lot of privacy. <laughs> um, and, and, um, and I'm quite a private person. And even if I get a phone call from a friend, for heaven's sake, I want to go in my room and take it. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like that's my thing. And, and even if it's somebody mum knows, it's not, it's not even about who it is. I'll just want to <laughs> go and have the conversation in private. But again, um, at the moment, at the stage of my life that I'm in right now, I know for, well, I, I can, I'm as certain as I can be, again, from the short period of time where I lived away from home, that right now, even if I lived on my own, I would be single because at the moment where I am with my life, my progression, my, the, the way things are happening for me, I would not be looking for a relationship for myself. And I know that to be true because again, when I was at uni, I was single and I had every opportunity to not be. And that didn't bother me at all. It wasn't even on my radar because I was I was just enjoying the parts of my life that I was in. And ironically, the two, two I've only had two long term relationships, and both of them were when I was living at home. So for me, there's no. I don't feel like I'm sacrificing anything. I'm I'm fully engaged in this part of my life in this situation. And getting everything I need from it. And when that changes, when I feel the need to move on or the opportunity arises, I know for a fact that things will fall into place and I will be in a position where I can leave where I am and the, the, some, something else will fall into whatever space I leave in terms of support for mum and dad. Um. I just I just know that to be the case. I can't explain how I just know. So I'm not particularly worried about what's not happening now or what I can't control now because I just know when when the time comes it will sort itself out. And you know also what I'm hearing Claire is that you haven't labeled yourself as the only carer forever. You you are saying that in this moment and for now I am providing care, but that may not be the case because my circumstances may or may not change. Their circumstances may or may not change, and the current situation is for now only. Yeah, definitely. It, it's interesting actually that um, I I do have a lot of people say, especially at work, because I. The way things are at the moment, it's quite crazy at work. So sometimes I'm I'm still working at sort of ten o'clock at night, which is easier to do now that I've got all of my equipment at home. So I, it's easier to stay on a bit longer or log back on or whatever. Um, but I quite often get colleagues or managers saying, "Oh, I don't know how you do it. You know, you're looking after your mum and and you're working full time, and I don't know how you cope." And I'm thinking, I'm hearing this from a colleague of mine who lives in a big house and she's got her elderly parents at one end of it who've had health issues. She's got, she's living with her husband who's had some health issues. She's got two daughters who have houses of their own, but insist on living with her still and eating out of her cupboards all the time. Both of which have two boisterous young children. And I'm thinking, and they run a farm and I'm thinking, I've got it easy. 
if I was married with two five-year-olds, I'd be doing three times more than I am now. At least my parents are known quantities for me, but it's all relative. You know, I'm not having to chase around after a toddler, do all the washing, the ironing, sort my husband's tea out, figure, you know, look after him when he's got the grump. I'm not doing any of that. You know, my, my parents stay where they're put. The routine is the same. <laughs> it's the same thing every day. It's, it's a known variable. And I get a couple of hours every evening where I can just sit on my bed and watch Netflix or whatever. When mum's put to bed, while she's waiting for the carer or when the carer's been, her and dad can be in bed at seven o'clock watching telly. And I'm, and I'm free for the evening. So, you know, it, it, rather than looking at it from, I'm a 43-year-old woman who should have her own life, her own house, be in a relationship, should not have to live at home, look after her parents, do all these things. When you rub all of that out and just look at what's happening, compared to all the other different situations it could be, looking at it from that point of view, I've got it easy. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a bonus. That's how what I'm hearing from you. The way that you view your life, your perception of your life, as you see yours and other people's, there are so many elements of your life which you see as pluses. I love that. So, Claire, tell me if there was somebody else out there in a similar position to you or maybe were feeling that their parents were getting to the point where they were going to need care and perhaps that was going to fall onto them. And maybe there are siblings who are or aren't involved. You know, would you have any message to them? Yeah, I, I guess I would say I think the most valuable thing is to it's to not compare that situation with what everybody else thinks should be happening. So rather than looking at it as a, a burden or something you shouldn't have to do or other people wouldn't expect you to do, to just see the situation for what it is, for the opportunities available, and to just see it as you as a human being in a position to support another human that you love and, and care about without labels and comparisons and shoulds and shouldn'ts. And just kind of, I know it's difficult. I do know it's difficult sometimes when it's right in your face and you really wish it wasn't. But just to kind of let all of that comparison fall away and see what's left. And if you can, to just see how fortunate you are to be in a position where you can offer that amount of love and support to someone that you care about sorry Claire I would be amazed if you didn't cry you are the most lovely <laughs> being I've ever met and I feel I'm, I'm quite pleased that we managed to get there <laughs> <laughs> I was determined not to <laughs> just to see if I could manage it but heck <laughs> and Claire if anybody else wanted to just check in with you or just talk to you would, would you be open to that and if so how would they get in contact with you yeah I'd be I'd definitely be open to that um I am on Facebook and I I just just before we came on here I changed my profile to say where I live um and, and if you search for Claire Holland in Wellington, Somerset, I'm the only result. 
I'm the, uh, which made me feel incredibly unique. I'm the only Claire Holland in Wellington, Somerset, UK, not New Zealand. <laughs> so you, I'm the only one on the list. So yeah, just just message me and and um, I will be delighted to be of some use or some support to anybody that needs it. Oh, you're so lovely, Claire. Um, it is a it is a really interesting story about being in the position where we are parenting our parents, and I think many people will really resonate with what you say and your your abundance of unconditional love is just beautiful thanks for being with me claire pleasure thanks for having me you've been listening to precarious parenting by realization works subscribe to realizationworks.com to access more resources including monthly blogs written to be shared with younger people